Welcome, everybody, to the Building Aaronsburg podcast. I'm Thomas Aaronsburg. And I'm Catherine Aaronsburg. And today's episode is on compromise. Compromise. I don't know where um, Catherine came up with this idea, but this is her episode. (laughs) Sure. Throw it all back on Catherine. Here's to you. So, let's see where she wants to start, and we'll go from there. I just think that compromise is something that people are lacking a lot, like self-introspection and things like that. And so, let's talk about how to compromise with people. What does it mean to compromise? What happens when you compromise? All of those things. Yeah. Good things can come from compromise, and it doesn't always mean lose... I think that people think that if they compromise, they lose. They lose, yeah. You're losing so if you compromise. So when you said, hey, let's do one on compromise, you know I'm a big black swan, FBI. You're going to have to explain to people guy. what black swan is. Nobody okay, knows. Okay, so I read a book a couple years ago by a guy named Chris Voss. He was a FBI, like lead FBI interrogator. For hostage, interrogated. hostage type uh, situations. Yeah, negotiator. Negotiator, yes. And so whenever you think of compromise, that's his book was about that. It was called Never Split the Difference. And it was about... Which is hilarious because that doesn't sound like compromise at all, yes, does it? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> when you said compromise. The very first thing I thought was um, was what he says in that book about Which compromise. Which is never compromise, basically. Yeah, basically what it comes down to is that both sides came to the negotiation with something that they want. And you just need to figure out what that other thing is that the person wants. Essentially. And see what you want. And is there a way we can both get what we want? Yes. But Chris Voss is basically saying to compromise without compromising. You're you're compromising with the to get everybody what they want, but you're never giving up anything that you want. You know? Uh, you're not no, I think away. you're getting what you want. I mean, in his case, he wanted the terrorists to let go of the hostages or whatever it was. And he got what he wanted. Sure. And a lot of times the terrorists, or whoever, I mean, I say they're always terrorists. They were not, they were bank robbers and, and other things. Um, a lot of times you think what they want is, oh, I, I want to rob the bank because I need the money or because I want money or because whatever. And a lot of times that's not really what they wanted. And a lot of it was, there's a lot of like psychology that goes into this, I was obviously. Say, this is really a psych- psychological book. Right. A psychological um, book? No. But it was helping book. them almost figure out, what is it that you want and how can I help you get that? Yeah. It's basically building a rapport and building a relationship. Right. But, so, we all, in this podcast, as you guys have probably noticed by now, we always talk about each one of these subjects as they pertain to your family, a business, and then, of course, our construction projects, which... Yeah. Kind of, I mean, those things always meld together for us. So, of course, that's what we're talking about. But they can, it can result in like coworkers, you know, things like that, various different ways. And some of these people you know really well, and some of them you don't know at all. Sure. So, for example, with this Chris Voss guy, he doesn't know these people, so he has to take time to build a build a um, rapport, a rapport with them, in order to make the person feel comfortable and like he knows them well enough to where he can really find out what it is that they want right. in order to compromise. Like there's a lot of backstory that's got to happen there really quickly sure. in order for him to do, do his job properly. Um, but ultimately, compromise is the way that they come out of it and everyone's safe and happy. Right. Guy's still going to go to jail, but usually, I mean, unless they hurt. get away, sometimes they get away. But, but but they didn't get. Nobody got hurt, or right. a few people got hurt. Um. And so, of course, we're not talking about anything that serious when it comes to our subject matter. But when it comes to, I don't know. Sometimes your your kids are, try to hold you hostage, and oh. when they want when they want their snacks or they want their little terrorists, yes, no. <laughs> basically what they are sometimes. 
Okay, so I do want to talk about, of course, how we do those things, but also how do you compromise with yourself a little bit? Mm, interesting. In that I think a lot of us go into our daily lives with our children, with our spouses, having expectations about how we're going to handle certain things. As mm -hmm. we talked about a few episodes ago, every non-parent thinks that they know exactly what they'll do when they become a parent. Right. And then ultimately, when you become a parent, you end up compromising your own thought process on how you would handle any given situation. Right. Because life is always being compromised no matter what, right? So you always said, my kids are going to eat all their food or they are going to eat exactly what I put in their plate. Their vegetables. I'm never going to cook a separate meal for a, or for kids because sure. they're going to eat what I put on their plate. Or else. Or else. And then not too long after that, you're defeated and you're tired and you compromise, right? right? Here comes the... Um pizza rolls and <laughs> well and dogs. people it's not even not even sometimes you know that my kids won't eat whatever it's like i don't have time to cook this or i don't have so what i'm getting at is there's more than just compromise between two people or one person and a group of people there's also the compromise that happens within your own head right given a, on a daily basis the the things that you go through and the way you thought things were going to be which is expectations as well but compromising on expectations compromising on disciplining kids compromising on you know, how this project is going to get built, how I'm going to approach an employee or a client or any of these things. All, I mean, your entire life is just a bunch of compromises. And it's interesting how sometimes there's just certain things that we refuse to compromise on for right. some reason. Um, and so how can we be, how can we be better at compromise on these things that we tend to get stuck on? Because honestly, we're compromising every day without really thinking about it. But in so there's just sometimes where there's these really big subjects that suddenly we realize we're compromising and then we don't want to let it go. Cause well, again, you probably realize it after the fact though, right? I mean. What? After? No. Like you're going through it and then you make a decision. You and know, after like the, the decision, stuff? you're like, wait a second, I shouldn't have done that. Or... Well, that's where the self-analysis comes in, which some of us don't have that right. or have it very well. And so we may not be willing to admit to ourselves that we did compromise. A lot of people have convinced themselves that they have changed their mind on something. Yeah. Right. Is that not the same as compromise to you though? Uh, not always. I think that you can still have an ideal that you go by, but you realize in any given situation that that ideal isn't going to work in that case. But so, you still believe in it, but just in that case, it's not sure. something you... Sure. I think so. I think that's what compromise is. I don't think compromise is changing what you believe. Your belief system. I think it's it's realizing that... Uh, your in, belief system is not universal. Yes. And there's times that you have to step yeah. away from it. Don't you think? I don't know. You have to stop and think about yeah, it for I a minute? Yeah, I think about it. I can't ask So let's enough. go back to um, where we first started, was compromising between two people. Okay. Husband and wife? We're going to do that? Uh, I mean, it could be that. I mean, it could be you and a client or a contractor. Adults. You mean two adults, though. Two adults. Not two children. Yeah. Two adults. Yeah. Yes. Like, one of the things I know that your clients are very guarded about is their budget. Mm -hmm. You know, so they have, oh, let's do this and do this and do this. And then when you make, you know, let's, well, why don't, have you thought about this? And they have these reservations and you can't figure it out. And a lot of times it's, well, that's going to be ten thousand dollars that we didn't have or yeah budgets are funny because people have more and more started being um more free with their budgets telling mm -hmm. me what they want you know how much they can spend but in most cases most people don't have any idea how much they should right how much it's even gonna 
possibly cost. So I don't think that they like to throw budgets out at me based on that. I don't think it really has a lot to do with being scared to tell me how much they have to spend. I think that they have no idea that to put plants in the ground, is that a $10,000 project or is it a $100,000? They have no right. idea. So the way that we normally start is to, you know, you tell me what you want and I'll, I'll say, well, that's $150,000. Do you want to phase that out over time or do you want to do that all at once? And of course the answer is always, let's phase it out over time right. if their budget isn't already that. Um, so those things don't normally get compromised very much. Things cost what they cost. There's not there's not a lot that yeah, we can do with that. Yeah, but if they haven't done the research on the cost. Yeah, and sometimes we have that. I mean, that's just kind of a slap of reality that comes to, to clients sometimes. Um, but, you know, when they're hiring a designer, they, they've got some money to spend usually. Uh, if it's not, if it goes beyond a consultation anyway. So yes, there, there's lots of compromise back and forth. The compromise usually more comes in when the contractor comes into the situation. I can design things all day long, but then a right. contractor comes in there and gives them a price. Yeah. And then how much does it actually cost to do this thing? That's when the compromise really starts to right. happen. The compromise is, you know, we said we we're going to build this big retaining wall over here. It's going to add $30,000 to the budget. Okay. Can we do a hill instead? Can we mm -hmm. do like a, a grassy knoll instead? Would that serve the purpose? It'll cost right. 5000 So as long as the design intent is still there, I am fine with compromise when it comes to my clients. Um, and that's ultimately, I think, part of why they have me there is the compromise that I have to create between their budget and the contractor to create the design and the look that they wanted. Okay, so the reason I asked that question Getting back to the very first thing we talked about, that book that I read, the reason it's called Black Swan, the name of his company is called Black Swan, because he, in his negotiations, he always um, is looking to find the Black Swan, and the Black Swan is a, a thing that one of the two parties knows, either they know it, like they know it and they're withholding it on purpose, or subconsciously they know it, but they don't know that they know it. And it gets revealed in the process. And once that is revealed, that's usually when the negotiation happens. Mm -hmm. So in your case, going back to the negotiation or the, the compromise in, in the Ultimately, project, I would say the, the black, black swan, swan is a lot of times a price. It's money. Yeah. yeah. And, and either they intent. know it or and they know that they could only spend 40000 and maybe they don't, you know, I know people purposely don't tell you sometimes because they think, well, if she knows my budget's 40000 she's going to design all the way up to 40000 which you're not, but they think that you are, so they withhold that information sometimes from you. And then other times, they don't know what their budget is. They think that these are the things that they want, and then once they start adding up the numbers, they're like, wait a second, this yeah. is not That's what we thought it was. We didn't really have a budget, but now that you're saying all these things, we do have a budget and this is starting to scare us or we're not sure we can do this all at once. And Yeah, but that, again, that's the beauty of having a designer that you trust and believe in, that they're right. going to tell you the truth and lead you down the right path to do what's best for you because th they're experienced and they know they've been around, they know a lot more and they can kind of keep you out of those pitfalls before you even get to them. Right. I mean, a good that's what a good contractor, a good designer will do for yeah. you is they will... They will reveal these things before. And compromise on your behalf. Right. You ready to go to break? Let's go to break. We'll be back in just a second. Welcome back to the Building Aaronsburg podcast. We are talking about compromise. We're going to shift gears. Uh, we were talking about Catherine's business and how she helps 
her clients and working with her and with contractors. Uh, we're going to shift to the family, though. Compromising between those little terrorists that you have running around your house. That's so ugly. That's not how we look at our children. <laughs> we say stuff sometimes, and it sounds like we say stuff so flippantly, and I just don't think it's fair. Our kids are not terrorists. They're wonderful people, and we're raising them to be great humans. We're raising them not to be terrorists. We're raising them not to be terrorists. That's right. So the deal with kids and compromise is, again, we are raising them to be adults, right? Right. And there is sometimes when, as adults, you do have to soften a bit and reach some sort of conclusion that works for everyone and not be so hard-nosed about every decision that you make. Just because your parents did it that way and you decided that that was how it is or wasn't the way that you were going to raise your own children, um, it isn't necessarily the blanket way that that things or like you done. said earlier, you know, when you're when you don't have children, you come up with all these fantastic ideas of what you're going to do as a parent. I am never going to do that. I am always going to do this. And then the rubber meets the road and it's seven o'clock and you're just getting home. You don't have time to cook. You're hungry. Kids hungry. We're hitting Chick-fil-A. Right. Every time. And we said we would never do that. Fast food. Our kids would never eat fast food. Right. They would never have the taste of a processed whatever in their mouth. We never said that. I'm not saying we said that. No, but we definitely did not. <laughs> That's <laughs> not how we lived it. our lives before we were married. So. No, but I, I just think that, um, for example, and this is, this has nothing to do with discipline really, but uh, when when I was a kid, my, I'm one of five girls and a, uh, one boy, okay? So I've got four sisters and a brother. And the rule in our family was you couldn't get your ears pierced till you were 13 and you couldn't shave your legs until you were in sixth grade. In my opinion, those were random rules, a little random rules. But I have to say that up until a certain point, I was like, that sounds good. 13, like, why do you need to be, have your ears ears pierced before 13? Why do you need to shave your legs before sixth grade? Whatever. So I had my own girls. I have two girls. I have two boys. My oldest is a girl. And she started begging to have her ears pierced around probably like eight or Mm -hmm. nine, I would say. And I was like, no, no, no. I don't think I ever told her 13. I don't think we did either. I think in your mind, you probably had that number. Yeah. But you didn't ever. But I'm raising this kid and I'm watching her. And I got to the point where I said, you know what? I wasn't allowed. And she knew this rule. I wasn't allowed to get my ears pierced until I was 13. But as as long as you're responsible enough to take care of those those ears, because, you know, mm-hmm. you have to clean them and you have to do all this stuff to them. As long as you're you're old enough to be responsible for that and I don't have to do it, then it's fine. Right. So she got her ears pierced, I think, when she was 11. Is that correct? That sounds right. Or 10. It was for her birthday. I remember you took her for her I birthday, think she but I don't 10. remember which one. Yeah, because she's about to be 12. I mean, she's about to be 13 this year. Holy mackerel, we're going we're to have a teenager, a teenager in the I house. Know. But um, yeah, I think she was turning 11, and I took her and had her ears pierced. Again, compromise on my own views of something right. that weren't really hard-pressed. So it wasn't that big of a compromise for me. But it was a compromise also with her. She wanted them done at eight. And I was like, nope, not happening. And then, Well, because you knew at that time, you know what goes into getting your ears pierced because you have ears pierced. And you know that if they don't clean them and they don't turn them and they don't whatever, they can get infected mm-hmm. or they can close back up or... They can grow, and, skin can grow over your earring, which right. has happened before in the family. So I was very aware of that. So I, yeah, I compromised on that. Um, and I think... That teaches your kids. It's just like, you know, now it's such a newfangled thing. It definitely didn't happen when we were kids. When we yell at our kids, 
like 99% of the time, no, I wouldn't say 99, a large part of the time, if we really were yelling at them because we were just in a bad mood, we go back and we apologize. I mm-hmm. shouldn't have yelled at you that way. Like that never would have happened when we were kids, yeah. ever, ever. Parents don't apologize to their kids. It's definitely a newfangled way of things. But you're teaching your kid right. that adults can make mistakes and that we're going to teach you to apologize. So we're, you know, teaching them something new. Um, and so I think the the just compromise of how you're going to raise your, it's just, it's all changed so much. Yeah, I think also going back to the ear piercing thing, I think it also taught her that, you know, it's a privilege to get your ears pierced, but there's a responsibility that comes along with that. And until you're ready to show us that you can be responsible, you will not have that privilege. Yeah. Which is a, that's a really, I mean, that is like the lesson to learn in terms of being a good citizen. But we didn't, none of those words were spoken. No. <laughs> but I mean, you didn't have to say those words. But yeah. She understood that we were not just going to let you have this just because you wanted it. Right. That there was things that went along with having. Yes this privilege yeah being responsible and if you could show us that you're responsible keeping your room clean and just little things chores around the house then and we'll get it done then we can have make that happen yeah so that's that's com- that's just one example of compromise that i can think of you know you do them every single day and it doesn't it doesn't usually feel like compromise with kids because you you definitely don't want to debate with a child mm-hmm. but i think the 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 part of that that's really important is they've said something to you or you've had a conversation with a child about you can do something or you can't do something and the parent walking away and being quiet for them, you know, and thinking about that and, and questioning themselves, how important really is it that they do it this way or that way? Right. Can I give a little, can I, would it, is it going to hurt anything? Is it going to bother? I mean, I've seen things like friends on Instagram and stuff. They let their child like shave the bottom part of their head and like, perm the top part yeah my mother would never ever ever have let that happen or like they're letting their kids especially during quarantine the girls were dying their hair blue mm-hmm. on the bottoms and stuff i let i let my oldest our oldest <laughs> daughter um dip her hair in kool-aid and, and dye the bottom my mother would never have let me do mm-hmm. that because again stepping outside yourself and going what is why does it matter right and cut it off or she can wash it out it's kool-aid it's it's hair dye it's not that big of a deal so just having a little more perspective i think can help i mean i'm calling it compromise but i think ultimately it's just having a conversation with yourself about what's really important and if it's really going to hurt anything or affect anything or if it's just the image that you've somehow built up in your head about what you said you would never or would always do and i think that gets back to the negotiation thing it's figuring out what your black swan is you know why are you for yourself. Yeah, it's your right. own black swan. Well, like I said, sometimes they people know what that is and they're purposely hiding it. Sometimes they don't know what it is and it, they like reveal it to themselves and to the other party kind of at the same time. And that's... I think at least with parenting, a lot of the black swan is being afraid that you're going to be looked differently from a social norm. Sure. In your group of friends or in, in your city or your town or whatever, that you're going to be seen slightly differently. And the actually the... If you can step back and admit to yourself that that is what the black Absolutely. swan is, I think it's actually a little more embarrassing than we like to to believe. It's like, oh, I let that affect me. At least for me, it is. Right. If you can admit to yourself that you're doing or not doing things based on social, um, you wanting to look a certain way in social settings and to your friends and on, on Instagram and social media and all this type stuff, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff crushes me. Like, you know, it's interesting. I'll run the opposite way. I don't do a lot of the social media. The social media? <laughs> of the, of the <laughs> like, six people that I follow. One of them. 
is uh, the Echelon Front people. Yeah. And the guy on there today posted, they have a book out that's called Extreme Ownership. And he was talking about that, that with ownership, it's it's really hard for you to admit those things to yourself because like you're being honest with yourself and it's a, it's a hard truth that you have to swallow. But at the same time, it's extremely liberating. Yeah. Because now you know like, okay, wait, it's on me. I feel terrible about it. It's on me, but at least I know now it's on me moving mm-hmm. forward. Now I can, can now make it. the decision or not. I mean, you yeah. can fall it back into that. It is very freeing to re- to realize introspectively the reason why you're doing something cuz then once you know, then you can you can handle it. Right. It's hard at first obviously, but then once you do know, yes, yeah. moving forward. It's like a diagnosis. So what's what's kind of interesting uh that will happen in the next I guess 5 or so years is our youngest daughter is going to want her ears pierced. Sure. And the oldest one had it at 11. Right. But I've no. So when I turn 11, can. I've already pra- paved that yellow brick road. 100%. Okay. What have you told her? I've told her that it's not about the age. It's about when you can start taking care of them and when you can be responsible enough. So it's all these age things that always got kind of pushed right. on us about when you could do stuff, you know? That's how it was when I was a kid, too. I remember being 13 and I asked, can I have my bedtime moved back? Yeah, I'm 13 now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think my dad was even keeping track of it at the time. Right. He's going like, oh, yeah, yeah, 13. Uh, that's what it was. I remember yeah. ages and times being very significant yes. as far as when things could happen. Right. For example, we we were not allowed to get our hair cut. Some people are going to think this is nuts balls, which I tend to agree. <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm just going to tell you anyway. Um, we were not allowed all. Remember, I'm one of five girls. Right. None of us had our hair cut before kindergarten. And let me tell you, Cannon babies were born with a lot of hair. We mm-hmm. were not bald. So what about your brother? Well, he got his hair cut in like five weeks. <laughs> I mean, whatever. We're not we're not even Double having standard. that. Com- yeah, we're not having that conversation. But so none of us had our hair cut until kindergarten. So when I had kids, you know, there was there was that thing in my brain of I don't think I not ever getting their hair cut. Yeah, I don't think I ever uh, thought had, for a second that no. we were. I mean, the oldest had her hair cut at one year. She was a year old when she got her first haircut, just to trim. But so I don't think that that was ever a pressure on me. Mm-hmm. But it certainly was on some of my siblings. So who had girls who had girls and it was like, it's like that old saying, have you ever heard that story of the granddaughter and she's having Thanksgiving for the first time at her house and she cuts the turkey in half and puts it in the oven and they'd been doing it. Her mom had been doing it for years and years. So she asked her mom, why, you know, why do we cut the turkey in half to put it in the, in the oven? Her mom's Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. So she asks her mom, and her mom says, I cut it in half because it wouldn't fit in my oven. Yeah. So, like, grandma had a reason <laughs> to cut the turkey in half. Right. But then it started this ridiculous tradition of people yeah. doing things for no good reason whatsoever other than their mother did it before them. So, the idea of reconsidering all of these things that your mom did, not that you have, I mean, some things they did, because they are good, but... Let's be considerate of why they were done and if it really matters and if it's something that you should carry on to your children and just in your daily life. And if the things that we're talking about negotiating and and compromising even with your spouse or other adults, Mm -hmm. are those preconceived ideas that we brought from our parents that have basis in nothing at all? Well, or they had basis in things that don't apply anymore, like cutting the turkey in half. Sure. There was a reason for that. There's not 
that reason doesn't exist anymore because or, mom's got a bigger oven. Or yeah. things that happen, trauma that happened in our own life that we're now pushing to have, you know, we're pushing in fights against other people because stuff that happened in our life. Right. When that person doesn't have that trauma and we're trying to, to push that off on them, when in reality, the compromise needs to happen because they've never had trauma. So they don't right. know what you're going through and you don't know what they're going through. And so maybe the trauma has nothing to do with what the compromise really is, but you're letting it affect what sure. what the outcome can be. So I guess this always just comes back to self-analysis. It really does. <laughs> so much of the subject matter that we talk about comes back yeah, to Yeah, but really in this case, so if, you're, if there's thought. another person involved, it's figuring out what they want out of, out of the negotiation also. Sure. Because, you know, we... I guess we need to take a break and we'll come back and talk about spouse compromise. Welcome back to Building Aaronsburg. We are talking about compromise today and the very last level of that compromise is going to be between spouses or you know, people who live together in the same house, adults who live together in the same house, not friends that live separate from you or groups that you associate with or, or uh, co-workers, those type things. The person-to-person inside your house, construction projects. <laughs> yeah. Because those are, you know, we, we talked about it a little bit on the, the question from the listener last time about how we compromise within projects. Right. And we talked about the back black squan just a few minutes ago for clients. And I would say, at least when it comes to projects in our house, my black swan is always the way it looks in the end. Right? We want... Probably. Yours is probably for it to be built the just easiest way possible. Just to get done. Yes. <laughs> what is going to get this done quickly? <laughs> and I do want it to look nice, but there are so many times you'll ask me, what do you... Th- this or this? And I'm like, they both look nice. I don't, you just pick one. I don't know. I would say probably 90% of the construction decisions that are made around here in terms of design, I guess I should say design decisions, not construction decisions. I don't care what they are. Yeah. So but I think that makes it easy for us in some cases because you sure. kind of design and I just build and there's right. not, there are some things that need to be compromised Okay, so because separate, of the, the way they have to be built. Yes. But separate from building as far as personal stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, between me and you, I would say the method that we've learned is just Rock, paper scissors. No, <laughs> I wish. No, I don't no, wish. Don't. I don't wish because then I'd lose half the time, and I don't want that. Because again, it's compromise. It's not win and lose. Right. Um, it's it's communication is yes. what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Is telling because I this is not a black swan situation. I don't think because in a relationship when you're in an intimate married relationship or a living together situation you gotta lay all your cards on the table right you, i think you, that, you usually already know i don't know i mean unless if it's something new if you brought something new that i wasn't expecting or we've never talked about before i mean stuff like that happens like we have to buy a new vehicle yeah or something and we've never I mean, we we've done it now obviously but the very first time we had to buy one the van or the truck you know, those are not things that it's you hilarious deal to me with that typically. Your so. brain goes to buying a car, and I'm I'm going to, like, I'm mad at you because you did or didn't do something. Oh. I'm thinking about an actual fight over no, something. I'm t- <laughs> okay. You're going to such a nice, because I feel like car buying, I mean, it, there is a lot of money on the line. And so, of course, there's some negotiation that happens there and compromise. But uh, when it comes to you and me having some sort of argument over something or me being mad about something or you being mad about whatever, which you don't get mad that often. But, 
you know, sometimes just having a, com- well, not, not sometimes, all the time, opening up and laying all your cards on the table and said, I feel this way because of this, or I, you right. know, all this feeling stuff, you know, recent, this is my truth. This, oh God. Okay. Look, <laughs> look, let's talk about my truth. I look, I can't with all that stuff. I can't with my truth. And I, I just said, I feel, but I think we've really started to confuse. I feel with, I think, and there's a definite difference between those yeah. two things. Well, um, I believe. Yeah, well, I believe that this I believe is be, no. is what I believe, and right. what I feel is not not a a truth necessarily, right? Right? I guess it's a feeling. It's yeah. a feeling. But most decisions are made are made Emotional. on emotion, not on logic. Well, but people will say things like, um, "So when someone says they feel this way, typically that's a lot stronger than I think this." Well, I guess I'm using it in the example of, um, I feel like she had her on a red dress yesterday. You oh. feel like she had a red dress yeah. on yesterday? That doesn't make sense. No, but that's what people say now. Right. I was going more like, I feel like you're being unfair about. Yes, of course. Whatever. Because that is your feeling about it. Right. Um, and I guess you can use those interchangeably in that way. But I've just noticed that we're starting to use the terms, the term feel on things that don't make any sense. And I think it kind of um, bastardizes the the way we use that in a in a helpful way right. to try to solve problems and to to make compromise you feeling that she had a red dress on or you feel like she just had her baby no you don't feel right. it either you did or didn't that. happen yeah. she either was wearing a red dress or she wasn't i think she was wearing a red dress sure i think she had her baby yesterday you don't feel it right. i don't know why that bugs me so bad but it really bugs me and i think it's it's one of those um language things that people have started to do just like they say um or they say whatever to fill gaps (laughs) to fill gaps between words i think the same thing comes with that that feel thing it doesn't sound as harsh i think we want to be nicer and say i feel something but you don't you don't feel Yeah, because my feelings can be changed but the fact usually can't be changed and so if you feel it feels a little too it feels harsh to say think right. right i think you're wrong Ooh. Versus, I feel like That's you're like, wrong. Yeah, doesn't that sound nicer? I think they would even say, I feel like you might be wrong. Yes, that's so true. Not, you're wrong. <laughs> you <laughs> wrong. <laughs> opposite end of things. So getting back to the <laughs> subject at hand here, um, comp- you know, laying it out on the table, telling your significant other exactly why it is that you're thinking what you're thinking or feeling how you're feeling. They did this that made you feel that way, like right. laying it all out and not getting upset about it, letting everybody eat, have their equal opportunity and their equal turn right. to talk it out. But I think it also comes back to that introspective thing where you're going, okay, I'm upset and saying it out loud too. I'm upset because when I was a kid, blah, 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 like my mom used to do X, Y, Z. And now as an adult, I feel like when you do that to me, it is the same right. as that. Like being able to to talk that out to your mm-hmm. significant other and but then also in your own head, realize what is going on is extremely therapeutic. And I think it's helping your significant other learn about you. And I mean, if the per- if you guys love each other, you want for the other person to be happy right. and safe and all those things. And so knowing all these things about you that they weren't privy to before you sure. got married or experiences it's that you had before. It's a discovery process. It is a discovery process. And I think that that's probably where a lot of arguments um, shut down and don't happen because the discovery process isn't quite 
it's not thorough it's enough. It's not thorough enough. Right. But for, for many reasons, some of which because the person who's mad isn't isn't articulating what it is that they're really right. upset about or why, you know, and that's the introspective it's self therapy, I guess. You're trying to <laughs> But there's also I mean, there's two people involved, the other you know, the other party. You know, let's say let's say I came home one day and you had like cleaned the house and I walk in and I just throw my stuff on the floor. You always use this example and it cracks me up. Why? I don't know why you always use it. <laughs> I didn't realize I used that you, example. You a use lot. the example of me cleaning the house and you ruining it very often. Oh. <laughs> On the podcast or just in general? <laughs> On the podcast, yeah. Oh. Anyway, go forth. Go Let's ahead. Let's say <laughs> instead. <laughs> you just clean the pool and I come in. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't clean the house. You cleaned the car this time. Mm-hmm. It's okay. different. Anyways. <laughs> Okay, so I cleaned the house. You came in. Um, I almost lost where I, th- where I was going with that. I'm but I, sorry. I ruined it I for think you. what I was going to say was, that's it's yes, it's you being, if you were upset about that, um, it would partly be on me realizing what I've done without you having to tell me. Yes. And that, that gets into the, the discovery. But it would be so easy for you to say, well, I've been gone all day long. I'm exhausted. I've been working all day. I've been gone from 6 a.m. this morning to 7 o'clock this evening. Right. I just want to relax. I just want to put my stuff down and relax. Yes. That's how that conversation could go very easily. That's true. And so then it's back on me to go, well, maybe I'm being a jerk. Sure. Right? So... Th- so Yeah, let him have his five minutes to yeah. gather himself. Well, and, sure. Or I mean, I don't know. I'm just yeah, throwing things it, out there. Yeah, but it goes it goes. I both feel ways. like that might be what needs to be said. Is that your truth? <laughs> <laughs> so that is all we have today for compromise. We're going to move on to the listener question, which is going to come up next. Welcome back to Building Aaronsburg. We have a question from a listener, and I'm going to recite it for you. It goes like this. Dear Thomas and Catherine, have you guys ever considered opening a home renovation business? You seem really talented at this. I'll let you take this one, Thomas. I think we people <laughs> ask us that. I feel like people ask us that all the time. Yeah. Because you do design stuff, and I do the work. And people are like, you guys should do HGTV. Oh, I was thinking they meant like go into business doing it, you know, in Mobile, just. Oh, just for us? Yeah. So. My answer on that's no. Yeah, my my answer is no also, but it's, and I've said this to you several times. I like to do the construction work when I get to do it, mm-hmm. not when I have to do it. Mm-hmm. And I, obviously if I was, if that was my job, I would have to do it. And I don't like. I don't like having to do something when I have to do it. You know, going back to, I think it, I've given this example before when we were building those arches in the living room. When you're like, let's do these arches. I was like, yeah, that's going to be really cool. And then I got to build the first one and it was a miserable experience. And But I still had to do the yeah. other two. <laughs> and well, after one arch, you had done it and you were done with that idea. If it, I think if it would have been like really easy and fun somehow i would have looked forward to doing the other two but look for me such a challenge i have the opportunity to do construction a construction side of my own business i could be in construction if i wanted to be as far as exterior is concerned and i at this point in my life i've I've considered a thousand times and still say no every time the liability associated with the business of construction Mm mm-hmm makes my brain want to explode honestly it's it's too much and that's just part of the issue i know another 
big part of the issue I hear a lot from you and from other, you know, my brothers in construction, finding good work. Yeah, workers, in, in that laborers. In that field, you don't get a lot. I mean, it's very hard to find good yeah. workers in that field. And another thing for me is I already stress about my clients and uh, like an- overanalyze myself and have, have a lot of anxiety about getting everything right. The thought of having that at a construction level, like I just know myself too well. It would be a real problem for me. I know every imperfection and everything when it comes to our own house, and I can't right. imagine having that for a client. I'm fine with it in our own house. We're learning. It's fine. But I can't deal with that and the repercussions of, of construction, I don't think. Not at this point in my life. Maybe someday I'll get there. Again, never say never. Right. But as far as you and I going into business together, I think we do great in a business together. You help me with my current business as it is. But I think from a construction standpoint, um, there's there's a lot that we just – are not interested in taking on. Yeah, I would say at the end of the day, it's just something we're not interested in. Yeah. I mean, I think it's something we could do. We enjoy doing it for ourselves. If we were really interested in doing it, I think we could do it. We'd probably be pretty good at it, but I don't like doing that work when I have to do it. And And guys, the the times are good right now. Construction's good, but Mm -hmm. at some point, you have to be in business doing something that you love a lot. Right. And at some point, the economy is not going to be like this. This rate of economy and the way people are building cannot last forever. Sure. And once it dips and you're in the construction business, you've got to love it to stay on and to continue right. and persevere. And I don't think that you or I's heart no. is in. Mine uh, is definitely not. Building a business that is concerns construction and then surviving through what could happen. My job, yes, I'm here for it. Your job, you love it. You're here for it. But right. this one is just not something that we're willing to take off. Take off, take on. <laughs> but thank you guys for sending us the question. Um, if you have any more questions for us or construction stories, which we love to hear, you can email them to buildingarensburg at gmail.com. We are available on Facebook and Instagram at Building Aaronsburg. And I'm available on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Instagram is at Catherine Aaronsburg and Facebook is at Simple Honest Design. Until next time, bye y'all. Bye y'all. We should start over. <laughs> I don't think that was bad. Oh, okay. That makes one of us. But we'll compromise and I'll start over. <laughs> <laughs>